Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast ahead of a hell of a weekend of racing. <gasps> Saturday, Cheltenham, Trials Day. We've also got good racing at Doncaster. Top names running up and down the country. So much to get stuck into. And this weekend is obviously followed next weekend by Dublin Racing Festival. What a time to be alive if you're a jump racing fan. Isn't that right, Daryl Carter? Yeah, baby. <laughs> I can't wait this week in Austin Next Powers. Next two weeks of class. It's really class, isn't it? It honestly, I, I'm I'm genuinely buzzed. I know we get told good energy, good energy before these pots. But you know, last week the energy levels for those all weather races, Dan. It's like you know the struggle was somewhat real, wasn't it? But now, now we're in gear, Dan. How are you fired up for this weekend? Do you have strong views for us. Uh, fairly, yeah. I'm, I I am really fired up for it. I think it's an absolute. I was on Cheltenham Only Better with Daryl recording yesterday. You know, just getting to chat about those races, but the ones on route as well. I mean, it's just something exciting about it, isn't it? It's a bit cliche, but the day when you don't feel a buzz over weekends like this is probably the day you look to go and work. Maybe National Trust or something like that. Quite like to do that as a second career. Yeah, yeah, absolutely like it. Uh, I'm going racing to Cheltenham on Saturday just because why would you not if you had the opportunity to go? Dan, I think you're there. The, Darren, the racing socialite lives. Must show face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm being paid, obviously, but I'll just be showing face. I wouldn't go unless I was being paid, obviously. <laughs> uh, TC, we need the weather update from you, please, sir. Doncaster, Cheltenham, Cheltenham, obviously the focus for us. What ground can we expect? Proper, nice ground now? Yeah, it's uh, good to soft, soft in places at Cheltenham. Minimal rain is now due. We're recording this three o'clock on, uh, two o'clock on Thursday. And Doncaster is good, good to soft in places. The main site I use has six mil landing Thursday and Friday. So, yeah, it won't be that bad uh, either track and yeah, decent ground at uh, Donny. Terrific. Right. That's the weather update. Before we go any further, obviously, we are getting ready this weekend with Betfair. And don't forget to check out all the offers and the additional places. Plus, stay on top of the great game with Betfair's easy to find and use safer gambling tools, such as you can set deposit limits, you can set loss limits, time checks for gaming and timeouts. There's loads on there. 25% of Betfair customers already use safer gambling tools to manage their play. So give them a try if you haven't already, because we want you to have fun this weekend. As you can tell, our energy levels are high, but we've all got to do it responsibly. So... Check that out on the Betfair website. We will kick off, guys, with the first race. I mean, it's going to be ram-packed ITV, but it's top-class racing the whole way through. They come on air, and their first race they'll be showing is obviously at Cheltenham in the 115. It is the Paddy Power Cheltenham Countdown podcast, Handicap Chase over the two miles, four and a half furlongs, and lovely little field here, nice and open. 13 runners going to post to get us started. Uh, Il Rodoto, four to one top of the market. Excello, five to one. And then my favorite, Victorino, in here at six to one. Dan, I'm going to start with you with the Venetia Williams horse. He's on the rise. He's young. He's progressive. Can he transport, transfer the Ascot form to Cheltenham? I'm very hopeful. I genuinely think this is a graded winner in waiting. I mean, to do what he has done in two starts back, only just turned six. Um, I know the Cromwell thing kicked in the afterburners after the last and closed him down, yeah, man. But the sweep from almost last to first after he'd lost his place was 
just that of a seriously promising horse. He's rapidly progressive. I'd make him favourite. I don't see the change of track being any concern. He's down in trip, but it's going to be a strongly run race. I think he's got an awful lot going for him, and I couldn't have anything shorter than him in the market anyway, including Excel, who, who might be very promising, but he'll need to do more than he did in a smallish field on his first run over fences in Britain anyway. So I, I share the love, V. This is a horse. And I mean Queen VU and Prin uh, Princess VU and Queen V Venetia, of course, combining for all of us being behind Victorino. Love it. When I wear my long black coat, um, I have been called like a younger version of Venetia Williams, and I take that as a huge compliment. Wouldn't you, Daryl? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. I I'm with you. I'm with you with Victorino. Obviously, me and Dan were yes. on last time at Ascot. Um, look, different set of circumstances this time around. There's no doubt about that. It's going left-handed at Cheltenham down in trip. But you kind of look at the, the finishing effort of his last two runs at Ascot and you kind of don't mind the move down in trip, really. This is going to be a, a well-run race. The way he travels through the race, you would suggest that the drop in trip would be no issue. Surprising to me that he's only gone up £8 for those two grade three victories. Mm. You know, he could have got a hell of a lot more. Um, and... I think this is a good bit of placing. Look, I respect Il Redito. I respect Hitman um, a, a little bit more, actually, off a mark of 151 uh, on that Ryanair run when he bumped into two 165 horses. Um, he, he's, he could be handicapped to go well today, but this sort of month, I, I don't tend to weigh in too much. Uh, this month of flu jabs, I don't tend to weigh in too much with the Nichols horses. I think Victorino uh, ticks a lot of boxes for me, and I'll be hoping he goes very close. Yeah. Uh, are you going to make it three votes, TC, for Victorino? Uh, no, no. I'd, I'm very surprised he's come here rather than going to Doncaster, uh, for which he was the anti-post favourite. But no, the step down in trip wouldn't really do it for me. But obviously, he's got a chance. He's obviously highly progressive. Uh, Il Rodoto is the ultra-solid one in here. Uh, four to one. I should say the sportsbook are playing four places. Um, but just mm. can he do it off a, a career high mark of 148? Excello is the clearly the one that could potentially blow it apart, but you know the handicapper did whack him up thirteen pound for that run in a free runner race. The one I kept on coming back to um, is a horse that again I thought would be going in the Doncaster race, Gar Law. Um, I thought he ran okay in the Coral Gold Cup last time, dropped in two pounds a mark of one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty was the mark he was running off in that Doncaster race last season when he fell at the last. Um, so yeah, I think he's, I think he's, um, I think he's well handicapped. I, I like the step down in trip for him. Um, he's a course winner, ran really well in the Ryanair, uh, went fifth. Yeah, I just thought a mark of 150 um, is, um, you know, is is very workable here. So yeah, Gala for me. Uh, Sportsbook a top price twelves and also the best each way terms as well. So yeah, Gala for me at twelves. Lovely. All right, then let's roll on to the 150 at Cheltenham. It is the Cotswold Chase. It's the grade two, three miles, one and a half furlongs. And is it going to be a quick fire double for Queen Venetia Williams? Uh, Royal Pagai tops the betting, well, co tops the betting with Stay Away Faye for Paul Nichols. Both of them currently three to one at the top of the market. The real whacker, surprisingly, given the season he's had is only a point bigger at four to one. And Ahoy Senor is 11 to two. Those are your top few. Dan, are we expecting the Venetia double here? Not around here. I mean, you could almost have, you know, horses on the flat. They'll have a split rating, won't they, sometimes, all weather to turf. 
to differentiate how much more effective they are on one surface than the other. And Roper guy now weighing through his career feels like he deserves one himself. One's for Haydock on testing ground <laughs> and one's for everywhere else. I'm not sure he's ever clocked to 160 figure elsewhere. He's certainly done it several times at Haydock in the mud. Would his Gold Cup run last season be enough? Probably not. But the market doesn't half paint a picture of a, of a really muddled race. The real whacker again, would you, as you said, Vanessa, would you want to back him up for us after the start to the season he's had? He's a real rhythm horse and there's been better signs from the stable. Could he, he's going to get taken on by a high senor. I keep coming back to the notion that that's all right. Gino might be the one to be with, but it's a pretty tentative view. I do think this is a pretty nasty little affair. Um, not many horses win big staying handicaps or win any big handicaps, drop right out the back as he was at Newbury. He sided his way <laughs> through the field, took care of Marla Mission, who we knew had some strong form as a novice and might have been a Shelton Festival winner. Had he not fallen, we'll never know. And it was just a quite an assured display from him, which hadn't often been the case. You know, he was prone to mistakes, but he got better as a novice. He thrives on his race in this horse. And I think he is ready for a step up to this level. When I did the race for time form at Newbury, the the old Hennessy, the first thing I thotht about in the report was get him straight in the Cotswold chase because he's done enough now in winning that to justify a, at least a trial for a Gold Cup, even if he isn't Gold Cup calibre just yet. Interesting. Okay, so a little longer term see the thought from down with that's all right, Gino, off the back of Coral Gold Cup win, currently 6-1. to one. And then the outsider of the field here is Capodano, and he's only seven to one, obviously, over from Ireland for the Mullins team, TC. So that just sums up what a wide open race this is. Uh, how are you viewing it at this stage? Yeah, I think there is a bet in the race is probably Capodano at sevens. Um, he split opinion earlier in the week in the anti post market when some firms were as short as fives and the sports were, were tens. Um, so now he's here. You know, the seventh is a fair compromise. Uh, ran okay in the Savills uh, last time. Obviously, class above this lot. Obviously, the winner won by 20-odd lengths. But, uh, no, it was a decent run. He wasn't that far, but he's only head behind Jerry Colomb. Uh, he obviously recovered uh, well from a temperature that ruled him out in Vallejo's race last week. Uh, you'd probably suggest that um, uh, Willie Mullins had a clock this race and thought, we'll go here instead. Um, he's a grade one winner. Obviously, that Savills run was was decent. Got calls for him. He was fourth to Lon Presse and a horse in and a brown advisory. And perhaps crucially, he's the only unpenalised horse in the race. So I think Capodano at sevens is the best bet in the race. Right. The outsider then, but obviously not exactly a big price, Daryl. Um do you agree with TC that at the prices, Capadano is the one to latch on to? I think he's interesting, for sure. Um, I think actually the three outsiders of this lot are the most interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to give a, a shout to Hoy Senor, uh, last year's winner of the ah. race. Look, he's, he's pulled up twice this season, but he tends to need his seasonal return at Weatherby. He, he, he did exactly the same last year. And then he's running the Newbury Gold Cup of 169, lumping around weight, trying to give it to everything else. Like it, It's just unsuitable for him. But the interesting thing with this horse is obviously he's best at the turn of the year. Um, he tends to come good after the new year. I don't think he's ever finished out of the first two after the new year when he's run. All four wins have come in small fields. 
Um, I just think he's got the strongest graded form in the race. Tony mentioned there that Capadano was behind him in that Brown advisory when he bumped into Lompresse. Of his three runs here, he, he bumped into Lompresse in a Brown advisory, finishing second. He won this race last year and he fell when still travelling well enough in the Gold Cup. Um, obviously, you don't know what would have happened after that. But for me, I just, I just think he's the best horse in the race. I can't believe like with all due respect to stay away for I cannot believe he is the price he is and stay away phase the price he is. Like he is slow, stay away phase, slow. I reckon he might be run off his feet here. And I'm I'm just hopeful that that hoist in your like if you watch this race back last year that he won, he he doesn't actually need to lead. He took a lead last year. So if the real whack goes off, I'm sure Stephen Mulqueen, his new rider, will happily just sit in second. But if he gets into a rhythm, I think he's the best horse in the race. I think he's the one in the race that can post and has posted sort of a high 160 to 170 figure. I'd probably fear that's right, Gino, ahead of Capadano. But a hoist in your, I think, is the bet. I'd have him more. I'd have him closer to sort of five to two. Darryl, quite an interesting way to Sorry, V, I know press for time. But it's quite an interesting way to point. We've seen Appreciate It took that wide route at Punchestown. At Lepstown, sorry. Following the dominant Gallop under Sean. So too did Capadano. If he doesn't come up to scratch, at what stage do we start discussing how flattered the winner was? Just thought I'd throw it out there. Ooh, ooh, little angle in there. And Daryl, all I was gonna say there is it's like oh, I'm on a hoist and you're a fan. But you said the if word there, if he gets in a rhythm was your line. And that is just it, isn't it? If he Yeah, but like history ta- history rhythm. would tell you just to ignore what he does before the new year, basically. <laughs> um, you know, he's got well, it, like if you took away his runs before the new year, he's consistently either first or second. So um, yeah, okay. Yeah, other than other than his fall in the Gold Cup, so I just I do think he's a sort of a springy horse, a horse that needs a couple of runs to get going. Hopefully, he'll bounce back. He obviously likes it here. He's the best on a going day. He's probably the best of these, isn't he? Probably, yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean, on the going day, yeah. On fun. we go. On we go to that rearranged Clarence House chase, as per last year, away from Ascot, over to Cheltenham. Great. I personally think that they got it on, uh, but we have got a very short price favourite in here in John Bond at one to four. Your Tingle Creek winner, when we last saw him, is going to uh, um, tackle the likes of Editor Jajit, who, of course, Won the rearranged race last year, is now six to one for this renewal. Elixir de Nuts in there at 16s, Fugitive 16s, and Nube Negra 16s as well. So, really, it's all about John Bond. TC, we may be able to keep this very short and sweet unless you've got a different way to play it. Does John Bond not just win this? Yes, he does. Yes, he's four on. Yeah. But um, then again, Anogamine yeah. was, was four to nine when winning this, uh, when getting humped in this race last year. So, May not be a gimme, but you'd be pretty amazed if he doesn't win this. No, he trade back to nothing in this. No. Ah, <laughs> favorite favorite yeah, but... line of 2024 the each way bet to nothing tc absolutely fuming uh daryl uh do you have any interest in having a bet in the clarence house or is it a sit back and appreciate john bond and let him have a spin round before the festival well yeah i suppose it, it's pretty much that case i did want to try and take him on because i thought the form at sandown last time when he's beaten had extra zobo four lengths didn't really warrant him being one to four on but Perhaps it was the ground that day, probably better than that. Nube Negra getting on back on a quicker surface. He ran on strongly at Kempton last time. I'd, I'd be surprised, would be surprised if we didn't see an improved performance from him. But yeah, no bet, is it? It's a no bet race. Okay, it's a no bet race then. TC is the international hurdle. The next race on the ITV card, two miles, 
one furlong, of course. Um, no Constitution Hill here, as we know, but instead we've got a bit of a clash between the two mares. Lossie Mouth over from Ireland is your eight to eleven favourite currently, taking on Love Envoy at five to two, Rubo five to one. Bigger prices thereafter. First Street and Guard Your Dream. Small field, no, like. Everyone's latching on to lossy mouth, but on this seasonal reappearance. But realistically, like, oh, it doesn't quite have the depth, does it? Um, no, but I think there's a there's a decent bet in here. Um, yes. Well, I'm I'm having one anyway. Um, I was trying to work out why lossy mouth has got a six pound penalty for this race rather than a three pound penalty, but perhaps one of the other guys will enlighten me. But uh, before we come on to that, yeah, I thought Lossy Mouth was... A new mulling yeah. system to try and stop mullins winning all these races. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just like, it's like six-pound penalty, um, half half penalties for novice or juvenile wins. Um, so I couldn't work out why she's got a six-pound penalty, other than the fact is they may be doubling up because she's won two grade ones. I did actually ask somebody, but they haven't got back to connected with the horse, but they haven't got back to me. Hang on a sec. He literally just probably is that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it is that the double penalty for the two grade ones punch. Anyway, so it, it um it, it wasn't immediately obvious, uh, but that was the only thing I can come on with, and clearly that's that's what's happened. But either way, um, don't like Lossy Mouth at the sports week eight to eleven. She's ten to eleven somewhere else, but even the ten to eleven doesn't interest me. Love M Boy didn't really travel at all at uh, Sandown last time, and then again it was heavy ground at that track, so you can probably forgive her. Ruble's gonna get the run of the race. At fives, but again, he's he's got a he's got a full penalty. Um, but yeah, I I just thought this was very obvious to me, and I thought guard your dreams at thirty threes was a, a, an enormous price. Um, obviously, wow. we haven't we haven't seen him since eight entry twenty twenty two when he fell at the last, and I couldn't find out what's gone on with him. Um, you can't really can from that stable because they don't tend tend to utter anything publicly, but. Uh, I think I'm taking it as a positive that he was put in the champion hurdle on January the 9th. Um, he was obviously a very good horse in 21-22. He actually won this race in 2021 when he was rated 147. Um, given that, the again, he's the only unpenalised horse in the race, if he comes back to anything like that form, he's that 33 is madness. Uh, he won first time out in 2020 and 2021. He actually won here first time out it had two mile four handicap of a mark of 140 in 2021. So like I said, he can do it fresh. And I just, I, I just looked at the general 33 to one and I just thought he was group think and the group think is totally wrong. Um, I can see holes in all the other opposition. And of course there's potential holes in guard your dreams, but that champion hurdle entry just 16 days ago makes me think he's a, he's a better 33s. 33 to 1 off a 660 day layoff. But case made by TC. Daryl, did you find a way into this? I'm inclined, like TC, to move away from Lossy Mouth on the seasonal reappearance. I know what she did last year, but we know how hard it can be for these horses stepping out of their juvenile campaign, stepping into deeper waters somewhat. This might not be the deepest race, but under the penalty, etc. I'm inclined to take her on. I just yeah. You kind of don't know what that form is worth from last year either, really. 
like she she's beaten Gala Marso and Zara the Brave, you know, the same sort of rivals each time. So you you really are mad, I think, if you're taking eight to eleven, whether she wins or loses. To be honest, I thought Rubo might have been the bet. Um, he, he he's done remarkably well in the last sort of twelve months. He's found Constitution Hill far too good at Kempton last time, but Harry Cobden. Once Constitution Hill went past him, Harry Cobden really, you know, sort of dinked after Rubo until he realised that he might have lost second. Um, but look, I think he's, uh, I think he's a nice horse. The, the drying ground will suit him. He's sort of going to probably going to get the run of the race. Um, if Love Envoy doesn't try and take him on, who I think this is a trip probably too short for her over two miles. And I, yeah, I think, I think he, I think he's a, re I think he's an improving horse. And I just don't think we got to see him take that step forward at Kempton because of the dominance of Constitution Hill. So I, I think he, I think he might be the one to be with five to one. Okay, looking, everyone looking away from the favourite then, uh, with whichever angle you'd like to take. Let's move on to the Cleve Hurdle, Dan. Bring you back in here over the three miles. Uh, we've had two, like, kind of trappy previous races to talk about, and then this is sort of wide open again with those old boys, the younger pretenders <laughs> in here as well. I love this division. I know we say it all the time. Paisley Park, five to two, top of the market, is a 12-year-old now. Dashiell Drasher in there at three to one and eleven year old Noble Yates, the national winner, has an end as is declared here. Sorry, at seven to two champ, twelve year old as well, thirteen to two strong leader, and Botox has after that flight deck is your outsider for the small yard of Deborah Cole. Damn, what a little race this is! Fascinating, but hard, I think. Yeah, I make a late pitch for one of the you know Marlboro Lights or Silk Cup to um, sponsor this because four of them are nearly <laughs> old enough to smoke, aren't they? You got uh, they're an absolutely great quartet as well. Um, flight deck because of the story, I suppose. Sold cheaply yeah. from John Joe's was a progressive staying handicapper for a while, but lost his way under positive rides. Five grand was it? Was it five, five grand? Yeah, five Gs. I mean, some effort. Isn't it? about what's what. Half your fee on Saturday at Cheltenham. Um, and Nearly. Nearly, yeah. And then the other three, we just know so much about. They seem to run against each other all the time. Dash or Drash is the youthful one. He's only 11. But <laughs> prior to last year, Paisley Park made this race his own. He won it three times in a row. You know what I'm going to... You know what I fancy. It's obvious. I have to say, I've, I've recorded podcasts about Paisley Park for about four years now. And it's pretty rare that I don't think talk myself into thinking he's got a really good chance. Well, that was an absolutely huge effort against Crambo at Ascot. This track is his bread and butter. If you forgive him last year, and I think you can, because I just think he's in better nick this time around. The way he, he, he finished on his return when just failing to beat Dash or Drasher and how he went through the race and how he finished at Ascot behind the improver in the division, when with a run behind him, bear in mind, and Dasher Drasher already had the benefit of that in Newbury, he did finish ahead of the re-opposing Dasher Drasher. My hope from a tactical perspective is that Champ reverts to being ridden a bit more forcefully. Now he's got a, a run under his belt. He could act as nuisance value to Dasher Drasher. It's no guarantee that Strong Leader will be ridden the same way, given he's going right up in trip, but it's not out of the question because they've started forcing the pace with him. And then you've got Flight Deck, who's been rejuvenated. So I just want an end-to-end -end pace rather than a, a silly tactical affair that we got 12 months ago when the French Beast ended up winning by a convincing margin. And, yeah, good old Paisley for me. Good old Paisley. We could have guessed that. TC, are you with some of the older 
brigade or a younger horse like Strong Leader or even Botox has both of them with new headgear on for this challenge? Yeah, I thought um, I thought Champ was overpriced at the Sportsbook thirteen to two. Uh, we know he's back class. Didn't run too badly in the long walk um, on his reappearance. Um, finished second to Paisley Park in this race in twenty in twenty twenty two. I just thought purely a price thing. I, I didn't I didn't have well I never have a, a real opinion on any race until I see the prices. But I thought Champ at thirty to two, which is the best price around. Uh, was the was the best bet. I've got a theory um about JP McManus horses. Um it it was quite striking when he had a good November meeting here. Um and I think it Henderson said in an interview that JP is gonna be in the country. I imagine he's not in the country much because of tax reasons. And and JP told Henderson to get his horses ready for that meeting. And he had Impartois, he had um uh, Iberico Lord and John Bond. And I'm just looking at the entries um, this weekend and McManus has, they really wheeled them. All the trainers have wheeled out all the big guns for McManus. And I just thinking maybe Champ was, uh, was has been targeted this race uh, ever since he came in and used the Ascot race as a stepping stone. So yeah, Champ at 13 to two um, is the pick of the current prices as we speak. Okay, a vote for Champ, a vote for Paisley Park. Daryl, do you have any interest in a bet in this race? Are you throwing on all else into the mix? No, no, not really. I'd love, I'd love to Champ to win, obviously. But um, oh, no, I was fascinated what Tony was just saying. Then maybe we'll get a tracker on JP. <laughs> See what tracker he's in the country. Like it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like when a footballer signs Darryl... on deadline day and they're tracking his flights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Daryl, let's move up to Doncaster with you. And you were obviously just talking about like the lossy mouth form from last year, Ch Gala Marceau chasing her around in the main. And it is Gala Marceau that we get to see up at Doncaster in the first of the ITV races at 2.05. This is in the Yorkshire Rose Mare's Hurdle. It's the grade two over the two miles, half a furlong. Gala Marceau in here and the Ashro Diamond. Uh, different profiles, really. Ashro Diamond, obviously, with the benefit of a run already, is your 13 to 8 co favorite, along with Gala Marceau, who is making her seasonal reappearance here. And in terms of the timings, of course, you question what we know about Lossy Mouth's form. Well, we might know a little bit more after this race is run at Doncaster. Yeah, exactly. And that would be a good line in to see how Gala Marceau gets on here. Look, Astro Diamond for me, I think you can make a case that you, she should be sort of a shade of odds on, really. she She's definitely the form setter. She's placing grade ones behind the boys, notably Marie Nationale in that Royal Bond. She was a grade one novice winner. She's only been beaten once in mayor only company by three parts of a length in a bumper. Like, I don't think she's had the opportunities really to, to, to climb this division, given the company that she's kept. Very, very difficult to knock her, I think. Uh, and with that run under her belt, she is the rightful favourite. I'm a little bit torn in this race, though, because I've put under control up at 50s for the Mayor's Hurdle. And uh, I definitely think there's a bigger performance in her. She came there swinging at Newbury and she just cut out like a light, like something was amiss. She's had a wind up now, but the way she tanked through that Sandown race, beating Ibirico Lord, a subsequent Greatwood Hurdle winner, I mean, she pulled the arms off the jock for a... For a you know, a good part of that contest and, and still ran away with it. And it was tough conditions there. I think she's a talent and um, I, I think she's got loads more to come. Hopefully she can put that behind her and hopefully she can take a step forward. But I'm sorry, I've roamed, roamed on, but I'm not going to be having a bet, but I'm going to be watching with significant interest. Didn't she have an op prior to 
return as well off the top of my head. I, I th- yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. It's weird. It's gone from like, the, like you say, a fucking a flying machine to suddenly they seem to be breathing problems. Mm. This is but an interesting race for her as well because this is, this is the race that Nikki Henderson has used for stepping stones towards the mayor's hurdle as well. So. Mm. Intriguing, and of course, TC Nikki Henderson using Mark Walsh here, obviously in the JP colors over from Ireland. Um, no Nico de Boinville this weekend, he clearly would have been down at Cheltenham, but it means uh, Mark Walsh is in the saddle for under control, who is 100 to 30. Daryl watching with interest, but a no bet race. Did you have a bet, TC? No, obviously, you got the Bunning sources, the 13 to 8 joint favorites. Um, you know, the uh, Ash Road Diamonds is twos elsewhere in the marketplace, so um, that, that will interest Daryl, obviously. Uh, under control is interesting because, um, like I said, the two wind ops would have to really kind of like worry you. But the only one positive thing you could say about under control is there weren't that very strong vibes going to that uh, Newbury race. And if you remember that Newbury meeting, Nicky Henson had uh, a lot of horses uh, underperform for, for for various reasons, obviously. Even on that day, they had jet power totally blow out. Um, they had Dusart uh, disappointing, albeit, you know, he was hampered by a faller. But there were a few horse Henderson horses at that meeting that didn't uh, that didn't fire at all. So yeah, that that might give you something. But uh, now I thought Garland Marceau was probably my idea of the Marginal favourite, but I haven't really got a strong opinion. Stainsby girl is going to keep him honest from the front, and you know, arguably she's overpriced at twenty fives, uh, even even though it's a poor run last time. Uh, but like I said, it's the it's the anti mulling snobbery factor, isn't it? But uh, yeah, uh, no bet for me. Okay, no bet race. What about the River Don then? On to the 240. I'll stick with UTC here. Yeah. Obviously, the grade two. Welcome to Cartrice is your three to one favourite for Paul Nichols, closely followed by Destroy the Evidence for Kim Bailey at 130 with much more experience. Um, those are your top two in what is, as you would expect for this race, very open. Who are you expecting to kind of step forward the most from what we've seen of these lot so far? Um, yeah, this is a really tricky race. It's changed completely from the anti-poster. All the big guns at the five-day stage just haven't turned up. Uh, so, you know, the, the betting's, you know, it's now a very, very open and winnable race. And there's loads in here that can step forward, especially up in trip. Um, it's interesting that three jockers in here can't claim because it's a grade two. Um, and the trainers have stayed loyal to them. Um, so, that's probably a negative, but a positive in in, in other ways. Um, I thought range was was very interesting. Um, he was second to Gidley Park, uh, despite taking the final two flights home with him. Uh, did as he probably should at Chepstow last time. Um, the second's been pumped twice since, but the third's come out and won a bad race, so you can take that two ways. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the step up, the, the pedigree will give you a lot of enthusiasm that step up in trip will, will suit range. But the problem is the sport put one him on side at sevens and he's a general nines and tens elsewhere. So for my price sensitive yeah. nature, it's probably a, a no bet race. But uh, if I can get any nines or tens range on the exchange on the day, that's the way I'll be playing this. Okay. 
So watch the price of range for the Sam Thomas yard, seventh one currently, but as TC has already said, he wants a couple of points bigger. Daryl, um, you love these sort of novices. Who's caught your eye thus far with what they've done, maybe without winning, but sort of behind decent performances like a, like the likes of a Kerry Hill, for example, for Ruth Jefferson? Yeah, well, destroy the evidence. He was in front of Kerry Hill, but behind the useful Shanahar Bob last time at, at, at Cheltenham, I thought that was a really decent performance. I actually think he set, sets the clear standard in this race, um, and I think he should be. I think they've oh. got the wrong. I think they've got the wrong favourite here. And welcome to Car Tries. Um, the welcome to Car Tries run at Ascot was uh, fairly slowly run, but the the closing sections were were very slow. And he's stepping up in trip here today. So I'll just be slightly concerned about his stamina. Um, he looks like he's going to be a gorgeous horse for the future when he gets to tackling fences. But I don't know if he'll be able to cope with destroy the evidence. I thought that was a really good run. He's hardy, just the type you like for this sort of race. Um, good place in 42 days after that run at Shelton, which I think was, uh, I think I think a bit of Shanahar Bob. So, yeah, I think destroy the evidence is, is he's definitely worthy of his rating of 130. Whether welcome to Cartwright is or not, I don't know. Um, but I think I think destroy the evidence could just outstay him. Okay, so sort of siding with the more experienced, tough and hardy, destroy the evidence for a three mile Grade Two novice hurdle, Dan. And I'm not sure this race really throw ever. Has it thrown up a proper, like, really decent ones in recent times? I know there's been the odd one, but I feel like it lacks quality. I think some of the better horses have been beaten in it. You know, I think hiking up to three miles so early in the career can be against a few of them. It's like a um, like a mini version of the Albert Bartlett itself where, you know, right. it, it, the test can just be a bit too demanding. The list of the last five or six winners isn't too flash. Uh, Ramsey Detay is probably the best of them, and... We know him now as a veteran handicap chaser. Um, I'm I'm tapping into the Cheltenham form too, but I'm fairly hopeful Kerry Hill can get closer, if not reverse that form. few reasons, yeah. really. The fact he went into it is a completely blank canvas. He'd had one run in a point. He'd won. He'd beaten a horse called Cadell of um, Lou Cinders, who the time before had seen off Dripsy Moon when they met at Kelso. Was getting seven that day. So didn't even emerge as the best horse at the weights against Cadell. But then had Cadell well behind when taking that step forward. So there's one big leap already. And watching the race back, he's right round the outside. He's dropped out nearly in last and he makes a big move. He's basically alongside, but foot, three or four wide approaching the straight. And then his effort peters out. I think with even natural improvement, he can close the gap on a horse who can destroy the evidence. So he's really, really solid, no doubt. But he's maybe two or three pounds shy of what it's normally taken to win this race um, on time form ratings in the past. And you've got the, I sent the hope for me that maybe just covering him up for a bit longer and delivering him later. And rather than coming around the house, he's challenging between rivals. We might get a stouter finishing effort from Kerry Hill. And I liked him at sevens can see a case for I love my bay because Smashing looking horse this, and he's definitely going to improve for going up to three miles. As did Esprit de Poitier, the way he's shaped already. Three horses with a very similar profile, but the one I prefer is, is Kerry Hill. I think he's got quite a lot of upside. Like it. Okay. Open-looking River Don, then. Lots of horses getting a mention. Intriguing contest. We roll on to the Yorkshire Handicap Chase. Uh, TCL, start with you here over the three miles. You already mentioned that you're surprised that the Antipos favourite, Victorino, isn't running here. Chose to go to Cheltenham instead. Instead, the favourite has settled on Famous Bridge for Nicky Richards. Sean Quinlan in the saddle. Six to one, which sums up 
the sort of profile of this race, some horses with decent credentials at bigger prices. Sweet Will for Emmett Mullins is over seven to one. Captain Nord, a favourite, of course, for Christian Williams is eight. Forward plan eight. I could go on and on because you've got 18 runners here. Mm. Really competitive as those top few in the betting suggest, as the market suggests. So are you giving us one, two? Are you playing it for the places? How are you getting stuck in, TC? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm playing two here. Um, nice. I think you have to have Captain Oz as a saver. Um, although you need your 16s on Monday and and 20s plus on the exchange, but um, he was unlikely to get into the race. I'm very surprised he's cut up to just 18 from a maximum field of 20. Um, but yeah, he's got in the race. I mean, he's, it's obvious, isn't he? He's he's effectively four pound now, and then second last year and. Yeah, uh, they just line him up for a couple of races a season and you'd have thought this might be it. I mean, they took him out of Kempton a couple of weeks ago saying he didn't fire in a midweek gallop, but I'm sure he might be a bit perkier for this 100 grand race and that was about 35 <laughs> grand. Um, so, yeah, um, I think you have to have him on site. I think he, he's 8 just to 1. Just like me, TC, I get, I get perkier the bigger the check. Exactly. <laughs> Is that the way you roll? Um, <laughs> That's why I'm always so cheery on these podcasts. Yeah, the, um, I think uh, if you're going to look, you, if you're going to play him, uh, I think you're going to get the sportsbook are top price eights, and they're five places, I think. Uh, but I play him win only because you know he is eleven now. He hasn't shown a great deal. He showed a bit more at Newbury last time, so I'd be I'd be inclined to back him win only. Also, the fact is the Christian Williams form is just at the stable or just absolutely, just absolutely show nothing. I mean, they haven't had a winner That's since November. They had a five to four shot beating a country mile uh, yesterday. Um, the form of the yard is absolutely dismal. But, uh, you know, this horse in isolation has a decent chance. I suspect he might be weak on the exchange, given that those two potential negatives. But... If he wins the race, I don't want to be losing. So he is my saver. I'm very, very keen on Annual Invictus, um, who I think is, I thought he's got everything going for him from here. Um, the Sportsbook agree, they go 12s when he's 20s in about eight places, but he's currently 18 on the exchange and I'll be playing him win only on exchange along with Captain Ord. The reason being, I think the handicap has given him a massive helping hand here. He dropped him seven pounds for very decent runs in the Kim Muir and the Bet365 Gold Cup. Dropped him from 144 to 137. Uh, he's a good ground horse. Uh, he's had a recent spin over 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 uh, hurdles at Plumpton, so very recent with a presumably with an eye to this. Like I said, the handicap is generosity, not only on them decent runs at Cheltenham and Sandown, but. If you go back 21, 22, I mean, he's got he's got some very, very good, uh, you know, novice form at, at winning around Cheltenham and the like. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just think, like I said, the step, I mean, those runs at Cheltenham uh, and Sandown are, are even better in the light. They probably stretch his stammer as well. So I think three miles, good ground, forcing ride on the track that sometimes it favours. There are three or four other horses that like to go forward as well. I just think everything's set up for him. And I fully agree with the Sportsman Cods compilers that he's a horse that you have to have on side in, in this race, albeit it's highly competitive. So, yeah, uh, if you want it, one, it's Annan Invictus. And two is Captain Ord. Uh, yeah, Love it. Uh, I'm, I'm having two... a safe on him, yeah. 
Yeah, two darts then for TC. Daryl, I will allow you the same, obviously. Uh, well, the, the, main, the main selection for me is, is Cooper's Cross. Um, obviously, last year's winner. Uh, the blinkers go on. Last year, they put the cheap piece on for the first time to, to win this race. The blinkers go on. It's obviously been on soft and heavy ground in three starts this season. Me and TC were touching on it a few weeks ago that we, we think he's still a well-handicapped horse. Only a couple of pounds higher here. Back on good ground today. And I just think that the application of the blinkers just might mean that this has been his target again for him. Look, we know he's a well-handicapped horse. He was second to Kitty's Light in the, in the, in the Scottish National Um I've been waiting for him to sort of get good ground. I've been tipping him on soft and heavy ground, which has been a bit silly of me, but um, also I, guilty. Yeah, I think he. I think he's got. To, he's got to go well here off a mark of 131. If he's, if he's none the worse for those three runs this season, but I suspect that um, they've just sort of been keeping him ticking over, if you like. Um, and today we should see the best of him. So he, he's definitely, definitely my main selection in the race. I, I, I like TC's case with Captain All. Um, the headgear is quite interesting with him. They take the cheek pieces off, uh, let him run without them, put them on once, and then take them off again. And then when they reapply him throughout his profile, he seemed to have produced some career best efforts. And they've done that again here. So, but I, I feel the sports book's now ducking him. I think TC put him up at a much bigger price earlier in the week. So I can leave the aches alone. Um, he was obviously behind Cooper's Cross last year, and he's doubled the price at 16 to 1. So, I'll just add one selection, Cooper's Cross for me. I didn't tip him earlier in the week. Oh, did you not? Did you Cur not? Oh, currently uh, 16 to 1, Cooper's Cross looking to bounce back from the wilderness with those blinkers now applied. Dan, last word to you then on this race. Uh, you were nodding along with the Cooper's Cross sort of tipping in recent times. Are you with him here then too? Yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, of course I can see it, but... Um... Uh, there's a horse an even bigger price that I thought for me was the most overpriced horse in the race, and that's Latitude. Yeah. Um, a horse who's basically was very progressive, um, shaped as if he's every bit as good second with a run behind him this season. But the key angle for me is that he wants to go left-handed. And the horse jumps left-handed every time he runs on right-handed tracks. He's still been really <laughs> prolific on them. I, I was saying for ages, so why don't they just run it in? I was thinking the Skybet chase, like running the Skybet or saving for the three-mile race on Grand National Day because Ainger would suit him so much better, I'm convinced. Got a massive engine, loads of pace. I think the track is more in his favour, despite the fact he's been kept to right-handed courses. And I thought 25s was uh, not insulting because horses don't get insulted. It's a ludicrous phrase, but it, it certainly, I think, underestimates his chance. And I'll also keep Can Do Kid on side. Wasn't a believer with this horse at all, but he's made more of a believer of me this season. And fundamentally i think he's crying out for three miles now the way he's been shaping he goes up in trip um after getting closest to jello who was on the receiving end of the rugby tackle from matata last weekend okay can do kid being kept on side at tens and after that you've got latitude at 25s currently with the sports book going the right way around according to dan so that's is a rattle through the ITV racing. Just good racing, top to bottom. Love it. Uh, we need your naps, guys. And TC, I've got absolutely no idea what you're going to nap, but I'm going to start with you. Dan, I've got a swing at what you might go for. But TC, let's start with you. What's your nap, please? Guard your dreams. Oh, big price. Can't believe I'm not putting the biggest price today when I'm going for 25 to one shot. I, I could, oh, like, I could, no, like, I could, that was, he was third on my list for the reasons, exactly the reasons you explained. 
latitude yeah okay massive price all right guard your dreams for tristan davis's then that means dan i've got your nap wrong so what do you what's your nap please yeah i'm the old blakey phrase all duck or no dinner i'm going latitude please nice at 25 as just discussed and daryl go on please put put up victory now Come on. No, no, no. I'll tell you what it was oh. gonna be. It was gonna be Cooper's Cross, but the lads have made such strong cases for other horses, they've terrified me away from it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go for a hoy senor in the Cotswold Chase. Lovely, another favourite of mine. Okay, we'll take that. Boys, what fun and good luck this weekend. Go well, a real treat for us all. Listeners, viewers out there, as always, enjoy the weekend, but please do do it responsibly. Head over to the Betfair website where you'll get all the extra places offers as well have fun with it but do it safely and do it responsibly have a good one enjoy the weekend it's an absolute belter and we will be back on well me and tc will be back on monday to discuss it all on weighed in so tune in then but for now have a good weekend guys <laughs>